0: Silent night
1: Valiant Films, Dramatic Moose, and Watchers Productions present Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol.
0: Sleep in heavenly peace.
1: The phantoms slowly, gravely, silently approach. It was shrouded in a deep black garment, which concealed its form and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand. It was tall and stately, and its mysterious presence filled Scrooge with a solemn dread. He knew no more, for the spirit neither spoke nor moved. I am in the presence of the Ghost of Crisp's yet to come.
2: You're about to show me shadows of the things that have not
1: happened, but will happen. Is that so, Spirit? The upper portion of the garment was contracted for an instant in its folds, as if the Spirit had inclined its head. That was the only answer he received. I
2: fear you more than any spectre I have seen. But I know your purpose
1: is to do me good, and I am prepared to bear you company. Will you not speak to me? It gave him no reply. The hand was pointed straight before them.
2: Night is waning fast, and it is precious time to me. Lead on, Spirit.
1: Scrooge followed in the phantom shadow. They scarcely seemed to enter the city, for the city rather seemed to spring up about them. But there they were, in the heart of it. The Spirit stopped beside one little knot of businessmen.
3: Uh, No, I don't know much about it. Either way, I only know he's dead. When did he die? Last night, I believe.
4: Why? What was the matter with him?
3: God knows.
4: (laughs) I thought he'd never die.
3: And what has he done with his money?
4: I haven't heard. Left it to his company, perhaps. (laughs) He hasn't left it to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's likely to be a cheap funeral. For upon my life, I can't think of anyone to go to it. Suppose we make up a party and
1: volunteer.
3: I don't mind going, if lunch is provided.
1: (laughs) Scrooge knew the men and looked towards the spirit for an explanation. Quiet and dark, beside him stood the phantom with its outstretched hand. Scrooge fancied that the unseen eyes were looking at him keenly. It made him shudder. They left the busy scene and went into an obscure part of the town where Scrooge had never been before. The ways were foul and narrow, the shops and houses wretched, the whole quarter reeked with crime, filth and misery. Far in this den of infamous resort, there was a low-browed shop where iron, old rags, bottles and bones were bought. Upon the floor were piled up heaps of rusty keys, chains, and iron of all kinds. Sitting among the wares by a charcoal stove made of old bricks was a grey-haired rascal who sat smoking a pipe. Scrooge and the phantom came into the presence of this man just as a woman with a heavy bundle slunk into the shop. She had scarcely entered when another woman, similarly laden, came in too.
0: Let the charmer alone to be the first and the laundress to be the second. Look here, Joe. Here's a chance.
3: You couldn't have met in a better place. Come into the parlour.
0: What odds, eh, Mrs Dilber? Every person has a right to take care of themselves. He always did. True indeed. No man more so. Who's the worse for the loss of a few things like these? Not a dead man. No, indeed. If he wanted to keep him after he was dead... Why wasn't he natural in his lifetime? If he had been, he'd have had someone to look after him when he was struck with death, instead of lying alone, gasping out his last. It's the truest word that was ever spoke. It's a judgment on him. Open that bundle, Joe, and let me know the value of it. I'm not afraid for her to see it. We know pretty well that we were helping ourselves before we met here. It's no sin.
3: I'll come to you in a moment, my good woman. Mrs. Dibbler, what do you have for me today? Sheets and towels. A little wearing apparel. Two old fashioned silver teaspoons. Here pair of sugar tongs. Hmm. As it's you, my dear, I can see it clear to five shillings and sixpence. I always give too much to ladies. It's a weakness of mine. That's the way I ruin myself.
0: Five and six? Is that all, Joe? I know there's not much, but...
3: That's your account? If you asked me for another penny and made it an open question, I'd repent of being so liberal and knock off half a crown.
0: Now look at my bundle, Joe. What do you call this? Ah, bed curtains. Oh, you don't mean to say you tuck him down rings and all with him lying, there? Yes, I do. Why not?
3: You were born to make your fortune, and you'll certainly do it.
0: I shan't hold my hand when I can get anything in it by reaching it out, for the sake of such a man as him. Don't drop that oil upon the blankets now. His blankets? Whose is do you think? He isn't likely to take cold without them, I dare say.
3: I hope he didn't die of anything catching, eh?
0: Don't you be afraid of that. I ain't so fond of his company that I'd loiter about him for such things. If he did... Ah... Uh, you may look through that shirt till your eyes ache. You won't find a hole in it. It's the best he had. A fine one too. He'd have wasted it if it hadn't been for me. But well, What do you call wasting it? <laughs> Putting it on him to be buried in. If calco ain't good enough for such a purpose, it isn't good enough for anything. It does become into the body. He can't look uglier than he did in that one. Spirit,
2: I see, I see. The case of this unhappy man might be my own. My life tends that way now. Merciful heaven, what is this?
1: The scene had changed, and now Scrooge almost touched a bare, uncurtained bed. On which, beneath a ragged sheet, there lay something covered up. A pale light fell upon the bed, and on it, plundered and bereft, unwatched, unwept, uncared for was the body of a man. He lay alone in that dark, empty house. This is a
2: fearful place. In leaving it, I shall not leave its lesson. Let us go. Let me see some tenderness connected with the death, or this
1: dark chamber will be forever present to me. The ghost conducted him through several streets familiar to his feet, and as they went along, Scrooge looked here and there to find himself, but nowhere was he to be seen. They entered poor Bob Cratchit's house and found the mother and the children seated round the fire. The mother and her daughter were engaged in sewing. The mother laid up her work upon the table and put her hand up to her face.
0: The colour hurts my eyes. It makes them weak by candlelight. And I wouldn't show weak eyes to your father when he comes home. Not for the world. It must be near his time.
4: I think he has walked slower than he used to. These few last evenings, Mother.
0: I have known him. I... I had known him. Walk with tiny Tim upon his shoulder very fast indeed. So have I. But he was very light to carry. And his father loved him so that it would be no trouble. No trouble.
4: Hi-ho, everyone.
0: Good Good evening, Father. Father.
4: My goodness. You've done so much work on the embroidery. It'll be done long before Sunday.
0: You went today then, Robert?
4: Yes, my dear. I wish you could have gone. It would have done you good to see how green a place it is. But you'll see it often. I promised him that I would walk there on a Sunday. I must tell you of the extraordinary kindness of Mr. Scrooge's nephew. I met him in the street earlier today. He said I looked a little down, and asked what had happened to distress me. He is the pleasantest spoken gentleman you ever heard. So I told him. I am heartily sorry for it, Mr. Cratchit, and heartily sorry for your good wife. If I can be of service to you in any way, that's where I live. Pray, come to me. And he gave me his card. Now, it wasn't for the sake of anything he might be able to do for us, so much as for his kind way, that this was quite delightful. It really seemed as if he had known our tiny Tim and felt with us.
0: I'm sure he's a good soul.
4: You would be sure of it, my dear, if you saw and spoke to him. I am sure none of us shall forget Tiny Tim. Or this first parting that there were among us.
0: Never, Father.
4: And I know that when we recollect how patient and how mild he was, we shall not quarrel easily among ourselves and forget poor Tiny Tim in doing it. No. Never, Father.
2: Spectre, something informs me that our parting moment is at hand. I know it, but I know not how. Tell me...
1: What man that was, whom we saw lying dead? The ghost of Christmas yet to come and conveyed him into the resorts of businessmen, but showed him not himself. The spirit did not stay for anything, but went straight on as to the end, until besought by Scrooge to tarry for a moment.
2: This court is where my place of occupation is, and has been for a length of time. Let me behold what I shall be in days to come. The, The house is yonder. Why do you point away?
1: Scrooge hastened to the window of his office and looked in. It was an office still, but not his. The furniture was not the same, and the figure in the chair was not himself. The phantom pointed as before. He joined it once again, and wondering whither he had gone, accompanied it until they reached an iron gate. He paused to look around before entering. A churchyard. Here, then, the wretched man whose name he had now to learn lay underneath the ground. The spirit stood among the graves and pointed down to one, Scrooge advanced towards it.
2: Before I draw nearer, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of the things that will be, or are they shadows of the things that may be only? Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends to which they must lead, but if the courses be departed from, the ends will change say it is thus
1: the spirit was immovable as ever Scrooge crept towards it trembling as he bent, and following the finger read upon the stone of the neglected grave the name Ebenezer Scrooge am I that man who lay upon the bed?
2: no spirit oh no no hear me I am not the man I was. Show me this, if I am past all hope. Good spirit, assure me that I may change these shadows you've shown me. I will honour Christmas in my heart, and try to keep it all the year. I will not shut out the lessons that the three spirits have taught. Oh, tell me I may sponge away the writing on this stone. If they would rather die, they had better do it. Decrease the
1: population in his agony he caught the spectral hand it sought to free itself, but he was strong in his entreaty and detained it. The spirit stronger yet repulsed him, holding up his hands in a last prayer to have his fate reversed. he saw an alteration in the phantom's hood and dress. It shrunk, collapsed, and dwindled down into a bedpost. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own, the room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own, to make amends in.
2: Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven and the Christmas time be praised for this. Curtains are not torn down, they're here, I am here. The shadows of the things that would have been may be dispelled. I know they will be, (laughs) I don't know what to do, I'm as light as a feather, as happy as an angel, as merry as a schoolboy, A Merry Christmas to everybody. There's the door by which the ghost of Marley entered. There's the corner where the ghost of Christmas presents sat. It's all true. It all happened.
1: Running to the window, Scrooge opened it and put out his hand. No fog, no mist. Clear, bright, jovial, golden sunlight. Heavenly sky, sweet, fresh air. Oh, glorious. He called downward to a boy in Sunday clothes.
2: What's today, my fine fellow? Today? Why? Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Of course they can. My fine fellow, do you know the poulterers in the next street but one? I should hope I did. An intelligent boy, a remarkable boy. Do you know whether they sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prize turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me? Yes, my boy. It's hanging in there now. Is it? Go and buy it, eh? Hey? No, I'm in earnest. Go and buy it and tell them to bring it here, that I may give them direction where to take it. Come back with the man, I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes, I'll give you half a crown.
1: I'll send it to Bob Cratchit.
2: (laughs) You shan't know who sends it.
1: He wrote the address and went downstairs to open the door, ready for the coming of the poulterer's man. The turkey, when it arrived, was huge.
2: Why, it's impossible to carry that to Camden Town. You must have a cab.
1: He dressed himself all in his best and got out into the streets. The people were by this time pouring forth. Scrooge regarded everyone with a delighted smile. He had not gone far when he beheld the gentleman who had walked into his counting house the day before. My dear sir, how do you
2: do? A Merry Christmas to you, sir. Mr Scrooge? Yes, that is my name, and I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon, and will you have the goodness... Lord, bless me. My dear Mr Scrooge. Are you serious? If you please. Not a farthing less. A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me that favour?
4: My dear sir, I don't know what to say to such.
2: Don't say anything, please. Will you come and see me? I will. Thank you. I am much obliged to you.
1: Bless you. He went to church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro. He had never dreamed that any war could give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he turned his step towards his nephew's house. He passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. Fred's young housekeeper showed him upstairs, where Fred and his wife were in the dining room. He opened the door gently and sidled his face in. Fred! Abigail!
0: Why, bless my soul!
2: Who's that? It is I, your Uncle Scrooge. I've come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred?
1: He was at home in five minutes. Nothing could be heartier. Wonderful party, wonderful games, wonderful happiness. But Scrooge was early at the office next morning. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late, and he did it. Bob was full 18 minutes and a half behind his time. His hat was off before he opened the door. He was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day?
4: I'm very sorry, sir. I'm behind my time.
2: Yes, I think you are. Step this way, sir, if you please.
4: It, It was only once a year, sir. It shall not
2: be repeated. It was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Now, I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, I am about to raise your salary. I beg your pardon, sir? A merry Christmas, Bob. A merrier Christmas, my good feather, than I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavour to assist your family. We will discuss your affairs this very afternoon. But first, make up the fires and buy another coal scuttle, Bob Cratchit.
1: Scrooge was better than his word he did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew. It was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that truly be said of all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed,
0: God bless us, everyone.
1: Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol Starring AJ King Jez Hines Reese Jones Matthew Ford Teddy Smith Linda Bailey Ben Wilson Alison Lenahan Jennifer Baines Higgins Daniel Middleton Isabel Rose Berman Matthew Fisher Ben Percival, Christopher Maxwell, Gavin Rand, and Liz Keach. Silent Night, performed by Liz Keach. Adapted for audio by Terence Marshman-Edwards, Matthew Ford, and Matthew Fisher. Original score by Andrew Gallagher. Produced by Ben Wilson, Christopher Maxwell, Rhys Jones, and Teddy Smith. Edited by Rhys Jones. Directed by Teddy Smith.